Hey everybody, so today we are talking to Lorraine Rogers Jackson, also known under her pen name is L.C. Rogers. You guessed it, she is an author. We aren't really talking to her too much about books and her work today because she is just like me and you. She is in a big old blended family. However, Lorraine has, I think there's 14 people. <laughs> For, how many, you have 14 children in your blended family, Lorraine. 14. Uh, okay. Now, clearly she's an amazing author, beautiful wife, beautiful mom, but some sort of way, Lorraine and I connected on one of my Instagram pages. And, you know, we were starting to exchange stories because I was really admiring how she was highlighting one of her stepsons. I was like, I got to talk to this lady. I got to meet her. And then she started kind of sharing some of the ins and outs. And I said, you know what? She has so many teachable moments for us. I just wanted to bring her on to get some of her real life expertise. So welcome to I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall, Lorraine. How are you today? Thank you so much. I'm good and I'm so excited to be talking to you today and to talk about my humongous family. So this is really, really cool. Wow. Okay. So let's just get started because when you say 14, what does that mean? Does that mean 14 humans that you have to feed and pay for? What does 14 people mean? <laughs> Well, we're not feeding and paying for all of them right now because some of them are adults. And so they're out feeding and paying for themselves. Thank, Thank God. God. <laughs> but um, we still have quite a few young ones running around here. The youngest is eight years old and the oldest is going to be 24. So those ages range from eight all the way to 24. Okay. So who brought how many kids into the marriage? Because clearly you don't look like you've popped out 14 kids. And I know some are blended. So well, I didn't. <laughs> break it down. To, do the math for us. Much slimmer side of things. <laughs> so, so actually I brought three. I have, I have three biological kids and I brought a stepchild into me and my husband's marriage as well. So four kids I brought in and he brought in nine boys, Damn. all boys. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> well, <laughs> That I'm sorry, nine boys, and he brought a stepdaughter. He has one stepdaughter as well. So he has a bonus daughter. I have a bonus son. And so that's where the 14 comes from. Our my three biological kids, his nine biological sons, my one biological son. I'm a step, I'm sorry, bonus son, and his one bonus daughter. So that makes 14. And there are two um kids from our previous marriages they're in our lives like very ingrained in our lives so they're you know part of the they're bunch. part of the family okay yes. so then how does that go because I, I know there's plenty of people that will say all right yeah I'm gonna accept you and your kids but you are still trying to be an active parent or play an active role in your ex's child life who is no longer considered your your stepchild legally or you know yeah, how does that work so he was eight years old or seven, actually about to be eight when um, he first came into my life. And then his father and I were together for eight years. So we, that was a long time to bond with a child. Um, yeah. And I'm not like one of those people who once it's over, I was not just, in, I wasn't in the relationship with him for the marriage. I was in the relationship with him for him. 
So when the marriage ended, my relationship with him did not end. That was a bond that was created between he and I that was separate from my ex-husband. So even though we didn't make it, me and his relationship stood, still stood the test of that marriage because it was separate and it was, you know, a bond that he and I had with each other. So then how does your ex-husband and his co-parent, how do they feel about your close bond with their kid, their biological kid? So his mother and I are really, really close. Like we're good friends. And, um, and was it like that during the marriage? We were, we had, we didn't have any issues during the marriage either. But okay. I wouldn't say that we were as close as we got after. Um, but we had no problems though. We were, you know, we talked and, and everything like that, but definitely after, um, the separation, you know, I was speaking to her more because, you know, that was, she was now my new access to him, you know, because I wasn't with his dad anymore and I still wanted access to him and he still wanted access to me and my family because, you know, my parents became his grandparents, you know, so it was a yeah. lot of considered my sister and my brother's aunts and uncles. So it wasn't just breaking away from me. Like he was a grandkid. Like that's my, my parents, that's their grandson, you know? So. Yeah. Okay. So then your, your biological children are with your stepson's father. No, my biological children are all with me. Um, so I, they're not, I had, I had only one kid with him. And then I oh, had okay. before him. So one of my sons, yes, one of my, my, my youngest is with my stepson's father. Okay. Okay. Or two are not from him. Got so it. So I, I tell you, we have a lot of layers. I'm not kidding. You have so many, you have blend on blend on blend. Okay. So I'm just, I'm kind of exhausted just even before asking this question. Cause you're going to have to break down, you know, you already know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So how do you agree to become a stepmother to a man to to nine children how do you agree to be in a relationship when dude says oh yeah uh, yeah I like you I got nine kids though what were you thinking <laughs> I never forget the day that I called <laughs> oh my god, just, oh my god. <laughs> I called my brother to tell him that I was gonna marry my husband's name is Dorian mm-hmm. and I was like I'm gonna marry Dorian and he's like do you understand what you're getting yourself into? <laughs> it is a lot of responsibility to add nine children to your lives. And you know how it is, Naja. You know how a lot of times when guys have a lot of kids, they're not a lot. It happens. And you and I know that a lot of times they're not like directly in those kids' lives. No. A lot of times have a no. lot of kids. But he was like super dad. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Sound of Music. Like me, my daughter and I, when they started coming around, we used to tease and call them the Bond Trap Kids because they're so respectful and like so orderly. Wow. And so, and when we first got together, his oldest was just going to college. So everyone else was still, you know, under their roofs and still, you know what I mean? They were, he was just, oldest was just going to college. Yes. yes. When I came around, like, you know, that meant I was going to be with these kids all, you know, all the time. Absolutely. All of them, except except his oldest who went off to college. 
um, because he was a very, he's a very involved dad. He's at all the school events, all the sporting events. They're over the house all the time. They're here for the holidays, super involved. So my brother was like, do you realize what you're getting yourself into? And I was like, yeah, I think I can handle it. It was definitely um, some adjustment, a, a growing period of trying to figure out everything, simple stuff like how many gro- how much groceries do I need to buy? <laughs> For nine boys? Like that, that's like, okay, so how many mothers? Or are they all the same woman? Okay, so this is oh. when it really gets interesting. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell you the whole dynamic. Break it down I, for us. When I was 19 years old, I snuck off and got married to my high school sweetheart, I guess you can say. And I literally mean I snuck. Like I tricked my dad into sending me my birth certificate and he thought he was sending it to me for college. And I actually went and got married in Massachusetts. (gasps) I was 19. Yep. I was 19 years old. Thought I knew what I was doing. Absolutely did not know what I was doing. I have nothing bad to say about my ex, but we were just young. You know what I mean? So the the marriage was just hard to sustain the test of time with with such a young mind. Right. we were together for some years. I had my daughter at, um, I was 20 when I had my daughter, 21, 21. I'm sorry. I was 21. So we were married for a year when I got pregnant. I had my daughter and like shortly after having my daughter that our whole relationship fell apart. Mm. Right. Number one, that's my, so that's my daughter's, that's my daughter's father. Okay. Mm. Now after that, um, you know, I got into another relationship and I was with him for five years. We got engaged. And in the fifth year I got pregnant. That's my second son. His name is TJ. TJ's 15 right now. Um, and we also did not make it. We never got married, mm-hmm. but we have a kid together. After that relationship ended, I actually met Dorian, my husband who I'm with now. So we met, but that was not to be. And we went our separate ways. And I met my youngest son's father. And we were together for eight years. We had a child together. So that's the three, quote unquote, men in my life without Dorian. (laughs) So my kids' dads, married two, was engaged to one. And then that ended. And here comes back Dorian in my life. And between that time, Dorian had gotten married too. And that's who he has his his sons, his ex-wife. He has five of his children are with her. Five. Yes. And his stepdaughter is with her as well. So they had six children together. And then he also has two kids from another relationship he was in and a son as well from another relationship. He also, like me, got into an early relationship at 19 and had a kid very young. In his, I think he, I think he might have been 21 as well when he had his first, his um, his first child he was like and that's the one that when you were coming in uh that baby was going to college right yeah the oldest one okay yeah when I was coming in so both of our marriages had fell apart My, his had actually been he had been um separated from his wife for three years and I had been maybe separated out of my situation for about a year okay and we came back into each other's life um and it was just we just knew we knew that we were meant to be together we thought so back then too but it was just too many things pulling us in different directions one of the biggest things for him was his his he felt 
he felt a strong pull to stay with his his kids. And he yeah. had you know, all his kids with his, they weren't married at the time, but they ended up getting married and they already had children together. And so like, was, they had five together and they were not married. Not when they, they had some, two of the kids they had during the marriage. They had three at the time and two of okay, the kids. Side note, let me, this is not anything to do with what we're talking about, but I was having a conversation with someone else and, and I'm not trying to be judgmental. Let me give you guys no, a disclaimer that- right now. Everybody that's listening, I am not being judgmental, but I am so curious on, I know there's some people that just don't care about marriage. They think it's just a piece of paper, but then they'll go and fight to get a deed to their house. That's another piece of paper, but I digress. And <laughs> but they will continue to have child after child after child with a person and not enter into a legal uh, relationship between them, the person and the government. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your, what's your take on that? Cause I have so many conflicted views, but what, what is your take on that? And, you know, from a woman's perspective. I think that she would have married him, you know, anytime he was ready. I think it was really him. So then that, how are you not ready, but you keep pumping kids and somebody, not, not Dorian, but generally Dorian speaking. Too. Dorian too. Um, I don't know. I, I ask him about this a lot. I think, you know, cause we just, we're such good friends. So we talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think on his part, he just kind of says, you know, it was just a carelessness in him. You know, they were very young when they first got together and it was just, I always ask him like, why did you keep having kids? Right. And I think it just is attributed to, you know, I think with her, it was like they were together and, you know, comfortable here and they were comfortable. And I, I, it's, it's, you know, I really can't talk from her point of view because I'm never really asked him too much from her point of view, but I know just from his point of view, it was kind of like, I don't think he ever thought he would look up and have nine kids. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when it seems like when guys have a lot of kids, like their fathers had a lot of kids. Yeah, Have you ever- absolutely. His dad only has two kids and it's by his mom, him and his brother. That's it. <laughs> I just, I guess my, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like you have nine. You you didn't tell me four. Cause I would say, Ooh, that's a lot. You said nine. Lorraine, nine. I was just like, nine. And, and you then- know, crazy. They're all, you know, like you would not know that they have different moms. They're very close. So that's attributed. So dad is a good glue then. They're that close. Like you would not know. And okay. So with my ex, right. He actually had a lot of kids too, but I never was in their lives because they didn't have the same dynamics. So I didn't really have like a close relationship with his kids. Yeah. And this was a total different dynamic. This was really like a truly blended situation when I got with him and the kids are all so close and like you would just never know that they didn't all grow up in the same household together because they're so close. I think that's a testament to who he is as a man and a father, because, you know, we hear of these guys, they start, they're starting different households mm-hmm. and they're making all these different women, single mothers, and they're leaving them to parent, to be the sole parents. But Dorian didn't do that. Dorian's like, Hey, it didn't work out. Um, you got your, your household, but I'm still going to be a part of, uh, raising my children. So that's oh, yeah. Dorian is, I laugh about, cause like I said, we're so close that he tells me like so many stories and he talks about from his younger days and you know how it is when you're young, 
having kids and you know you know there's going to be some drama in the mix of there especially because he was young and he's dealing yes. with women and you know how the jealousy comes in and all this other different things can come into play so did he have to deal with any of that because wait how many mothers are there four four so did he have to deal with that or was everybody like sister wives and we're going to be bffs and make it easy for everybody no no it was definitely no. There wasn't, there was not any drama like that. Because if you know, just my husband, like that's just not happening. He's just not having it. So how though, how, because I know a lot of really strong dudes and they have, they, you know, they would love to say I'm not having drama, but then their exes or their children's mother, they keep up drama. So does this mean that these men don't garner a certain level of respect because they have dramatic stuff happening around them? Him though. Because he's just, he is just such a, I don't even know how to describe it, but there's definitely drama, but there's not going to be drama between the women because of how he is. It's going to be contained because he's just, you just have to know him to understand it. Like he just has his personality where you're just, it's almost like he just has a standard and mm-hmm. that standard, if you're, if you've spent some time with him, you're just going to grow to respect that standard mm-hmm. because I don't think you would have made it with him long enough. You know what I mean? To even have something, you know what I mean? Like, so that doesn't, that doesn't mean that there's perfection because there's not, there has been so many, there's been definite things that come up, but I'm talking about it never got to a situation like the girls are fighting each other or anything like that. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a, you know, there's definitely been, I think, you know, some uncomfortableness throughout the years and things like that, but nothing there, there's no like, you know, big story to tell about the time that they all fought or anything. Right. 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 And then he's super involved too. I think it's really hard. You know, if a, even if a woman is very problematic and a man has moved on, if he is just extremely involved and he has to, maybe, maybe some men have had to go get the law involved, you know, when, when their co-parent gets, gets out of hand and vice versa, some mothers have had to do that too. And I think when you see that your co-parent is very involved and they've made it so that your antics are not tolerated, you have no choice but to shape up and get on board. Definitely. Know? I think that's true, like a hundred percent, like enduring is so dedicated to like being a dad. It was not an option for him. Like, that's what I was going to say earlier. Like he told me about a story about, you know, that when he was younger, like, and they were going through something, one of his, his son's son and their mom, and she was very upset with him. And she was, you know, kind of, they were young, you know, and she's really, I, I love her to death. She's such a good person, but they, back then, you know, she was young and, you know, you're wild and, and she was, um, you know, kind of using the kid as a weapon for a little while, like didn't want him to see the baby. Yeah. And he was camping outside of her house. Like my husband doesn't play. Like you're not mm. him and his kids. It's not happening. He mm. literally, he, he said he told her, I, you will wear out before I wear out. Mm. Every day after work. That was where he was driving to every day. Just to see his baby. Wow. Like you will wear out before I wear out. Dang. That's dedication because, you know, for some, you know, if you're dealing with a person that's not letting you see your child and they know you should have equal access, they know you're not going to harm the child. 
for some people, I would see where that would invigorate them and be like, oh, I'm getting extra attention. And they're sitting outside my house. Like, girl, they ain't there to see you. They're trying to see their kid. So, right. you know, I think that maybe speaks to a little bit to not taking any credit away from his co-parent because she could have called the cops on him for sitting out there every day. True. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was early 20s then. So he was just, but he people was were crazy. Like, that my dad, like, because, you know, it's hard to even call up your dad and be like, yeah, I'm marrying someone with all these kids. My dad wanted to meet him. And he came over and he spoke to him. And then after they, sp- they spoke for hours. And this was after he said, he asked me to marry him. And mm-hmm. once dad, my dad wants to talk to him too. And then my dad was like, okay, he has spoken to him. And I called him up later and was like, well, what'd you think? And he was like, you know, he's like, I, he's like, I liked him. And he, he said, he liked some of the things he said. He said, but I want to see him with his kids though. So it was like during the holidays. And he was like, I'm going to, um, I want to invite him and all of his children over. I'm going to do a dinner. And I was like, okay. Oh. What my dad wanted to see was, he told me later, he wanted to see how his children interacted with him. The dynamic, yeah. Was, you know. And he said, when he saw that, that was when he knew like, this is a, this, this, this is a good father. You know what I mean? And that impressed him because my dad's all about family. And so, and and yeah, and that's one of the things that I admire about him. You know, at first I remember like we having a conversation one day and I think we were somewhere and someone asked him how many kids he had Mm -hmm. and he said it and it was, it was the way he said it. It's not something that he's embarrassed of, but I could tell like, you have that hesitation, almost like fear of judgment. Not that you're embarrassed yeah, about it, but fear of people judgment. people are going to judge you, you know, especially of these course. days. That's Of course. Yeah. I said, you know what? I said, change your, like, you need to change your tone. Don't, people, people are going to, you know, fall into whatever you give off, right? So I was like, when I talk about my yes. children, I talk about them proudly, you know what I mean? And I'm not ashamed of them. And I'm not ashamed of, you know, what the different lessons and things that my husband had to learn to get to where he is today. And the ones that I had to learn to get to where I am today. And it's kind of like a joke in my family because all of us are super blended. Like when the kids have an event, everyone's there. I'm talking about my exes are there. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out with each other. <laughs> Like they're literally hanging out with each other. Like my my mom finally got a golden picture that she's been trying to get for years. Of everybody. On my daughter's 18th birthday, all my, as they say, all arranged, quote unquote, men. <laughs> Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmom, that's you and me. So that was your current husband, the two mm-hmm. exes, ex-husbands, and, and the fiance. No, uh, wait. Yeah, yep, the one who I never married. Yes, yes. 
I was engaged to, they all were there. So it was all four of them were in the photo with my daughter on her 18th birthday. And my mom coordinated that shot. She was trying to, she was, she has been trying to get that shot for years and she finally got it. And she was, I mean, they were just so tickled and laughing about it. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. Cause they so what's it. the secret? How did you get all your menses in one picture? How are you getting them to get along and smile and, and, you know, cause how have you cultivated that environment on your side with your kids, fathers? I think with me, like, don't get me wrong. It's not always perfect, but I think that me trying to keep the focus on the kids, like it's about what makes the kids happy. It's about what's going to make, keep them with a healthy environment. And I think when there's all that drama going around, that's what centers me back because there's tough moments that happens. And especially when you, you know, are dealing with different personalities, different homes, different things, things come up that, you know, make me upset. And, you know, I think that what keeps everything, you know, where it is, is because it's going back to the basics and remembering like, okay, we're all into this, this together. We're blended. And we have to make sure that in the end, we're making sure that the kids have a healthy environment. Like, I really do believe my son and even my daughter and like, they're better, they're better people because they see their parents as friends. Yeah, absolutely. Outlook, you know what I mean? It's such a gift when you can give your children just peace of mind that they don't have to perform in one household. They don't have to carry the loyalty for you to their other house. They're so free to learn from everybody in their village because I've seen children that, you know, have to be performative artists when they go to dad's house or when they go to mom's house because they know their parents don't get along or they don't get along with their parents' new people. And I've seen kids like yours that just have freedom to gallivant from one experience to the other. It's, it's quite a shame that us as adults, a lot of us don't even realize what that does to our child when we have them in this stronghold of our own hatred and our own unresolved feelings, you know? So kudos to you guys for being able to just be cool. Definitely. And it's true because you got to think about it. How uncomfortable is it for a child that you can't even mention the other parent Ooh. when you go like you got to walk on eggshells. You don't want to say their name. You don't want to talk about anything that's going on because there's so much tension. It's just, you know, that's not, it's not a good. I, think, I don't think the adults that put their children in those positions. I don't think they, I, I think they're just, I think, you know what? I'm, I'm starting to stutter because I'm trying to be very careful with my words, but the adults that I see that alienate, cause it's pure alienation. Let's just call it what it is. Those same acts happen to them. And they're like, well, I didn't talk about my stepmom or my stepdad when I was around my dad or my mom. And look how I turned out. And it's like, sis, you are screwed up. Right. That's how you turned out. And they don't see the innate problems that are happening within them. And then it just becomes this thing that trickles down to their child. Definitely. I don't think they know. I don't think they know, Lorraine. I think they don't. And you know what? And I do think like a lot of people ask me sometimes, like, how did your children adjust to you're you bringing in nine new kids oh that was a good question i didn't think of that what did your yeah so how did they so they adjusted really so they adjusted really really well and i think it's because of the fact that they already had like a blended they had already seen a blended situation and i really have never made my kids feel 
uncomfortable with loving other people because like for for example my 15 year old's dad he's married he's remarried he's married not remarried but we weren't married but Mm -hmm. he's married and like I never had made I've never made my son feel uncomfortable to love his wife or to have a relationship with his wife Mm -hmm. and they also see my relationship with you know Justin my um stepson and so I think that they have a lot of, I've taught, I think I've gave them, you know, the lesson of having room to love and care for other people. Now, my youngest struggled with Dorian, um, not because he didn't like Dorian, but because mm-hmm. he was still trying to get used to the idea that I wasn't going to be with his dad. Yeah. And so that was probably, but he loved the kids. He wanted the kids over every weekend. He loved that part. <laughs> But he's like, wait, can this guy go and just the kids can stay? (laughs) He loved that part. He loved having that many brothers and, you know, and he loved that idea. But it was definitely an adjustment for him with um, Dorian coming along. But he got there, you know what I mean? And and he got, you know, we were able to work through that. And, you know, and so that was probably the biggest struggle, honestly, because the kids, like my kids and his kids kind of came together seamlessly. Like his mom came from South Carolina to visit us the first Christmas. And she said, I just came to observe. And she said, she said, I'm telling you, you think these kids have been together their whole lives. Y'all blended. So, so uh, they all get along. You know, I'm sure they have regular sibling stuff, but everybody gets along. They, everyone gets along. Like they're all, you know, they're all good with each other. You know, they have their regular sibling stuff, of course, like you said, but everybody get everyone gets along. Everyone feels like a family with each other. And it's just, yeah. And it's, you know, they call us the bus everywhere we go. We got to bring two cars. I know y'all do. Y'all need, y'all really they do need three. like a bus. Now, y'all don't even need a van. Y'all need a bus. We need a bus. Okay. So how did you act when you hear that your babies are going to get new stepmoms or when their fathers have you know, different relationships. Did you, are you one of the moms that you like, I need to meet this woman before she meets my kids or, you know, or if if somebody steps out of line, how has that looked for you being on the other side? So being on the other side, cause right, you're right. I'm on both, I'm in both directions. You are, yes. So definitely I am the mom that wants to meet the other person. It doesn't necessarily have to be before they meet my child. Um, but just, you know, if they're in my child's life early on, once that starts, once it starts getting to that like point where, okay, now I'm going to be around, you know, this person, I'm getting close enough to them that they're going to be around our child. At some point, I want to meet that person, obviously, because they're right. children, but ne- not necessarily like I need to meet them before, you know, right, right, I, right. Um, my kids' fathers will like put them in danger or anything like that um, willingly. So, but I definitely just want to know the person who's spending time with my son and just, you know, so that sometimes they may be with my children by themselves, you know, so there's that dynamic. I will Have say you ever that, had any issues with any of yeah, the... I about to say that because this isn't a, I want to be candid, you know what I mean? I don't want people to think that we're some like Susie homemaker and everything's always great. Right, right. Me and my daughter's father split and he got in the relationship he's with now and he's married to her now they were they were together unmarried for a lot of years mm-hmm. that was a real struggle um and I think the struggle was more so with her because I think that she wasn't used to the type of co-parenting 
that we wanted to happen because her parents were split and they, I don't think that they have that type of same, you know what I mean? Dynamic. I'm not really sure about. So basically she was uncomfortable because you guys were still cool. And yeah. she was not expecting this. So she's thinking something more must be going on because she ain't never seen a baby mama and a baby daddy actually have a cohesive relationship. Definitely. I don't know if it was that, you know, if it was that simple, but definitely she had definite problems. Like it, it was definitely, it was a struggle. Um, it was, a, it was a big struggle. And, and let me tell you something. And if, and if I was a different person, it would have gotten ugly. Like another person in my shoes who went through the stuff that happened during those early years, and this was early on, and now we have definitely gotten to a good a good place now. Right. It, it would have got. It would have been ugly. It would have been ugly because it was just so much negativity, and so toward I think the that, child or toward you. It was negativity. Period. To be honest with you, it was a lot of negativity. Um, okay. It was across the board, and okay. I think a lot of insecurities flowing, and it was just. It was a lot. And I think, like I said, I think that if it, if it wasn't me, right, and I can diplomatically talk about how I'm feeling and, you know what I mean, and, and, and express my concerns and, you know, but I think if it was somebody else, I think that there would probably have been no mending. Like, I don't know if they would ever been able to mend that situation ever. Right. Um, so that was definitely tough. Um, from What's from an my- example? Because I guess I'm having a hard time kind of picturing you know, outside of somebody mistreating your child or interrupting a conversation between you and your co-parent, um, what what was an example of something that happened? Because, you know, the people that listen to I Know I'm Crazy, you know, everybody, they're in the thick of theirs. They, they, you know, <laughs> they, they need examples. They might get me for this, but, you know, we've grown. and you gotta- You've grown, and it's a part of your experience, you know? Like, like there was one time that... Um, she had told him that if he left her, she was going to um, burn our house down. I was like, what? Okay. Okay. We'll see. That's okay. arson. That's arson. And you're going to go to jail, but okay. And wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to file homeowner's insurance and get a, th- a house three times bigger and you're going to be locked up. So, okay. <laughs> and then there was a lot of times too, that I think that, she may have felt a little bit of a jealousy towards my daughter possibly. And I think this had to do with her own insecurities. And I think that over the years, maybe she has owned up to the stuff because like we had like, maybe like some, some years back, we had to really face some of this stuff mm-hmm. and how it might've impacted my daughter. Mm. Seemed like pretty remorseful, you know, when this was put on the table to her, like, like, let's talk about this and let's talk about the things that possibly got my daughter. Cause my daughter went through a rough period and it was kind of like having a conversation about things that helped get her to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it was, you know, and like I said, I, I, I try to always kind of be diplomatic during that situation and kind of, you know, sometimes I would call like, Hey, this is kind of going too far. Like, let's have a conversation. I don't blame you. At least you called, you know, to try to talk. Maybe should have, I, I maybe let something slide that I shouldn't, that I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like, for example, like she's, we're black and she, and his, his, his wife is white. Mm-hmm. And there were some things that she would say to my daughter that was giving her complexes, giving her a complex about um, 
who she was, you know what I mean? As far as just even things about like her hair and, and things like that. And, um, and so some of that stuff was kind of damaging and it kind of, it kind of, in some ways began to mess up my daughter's image of herself. Mm. And, and so that would be like an example of things that I was saying that, you know, kind of was going on, um, you know, and just, there, but there was one point that my, um, he was getting my daughter on a regular basis, like all the time. And that was his desire. Like I'm, by the way, I have no court order on any of my children. Okay. Support court order, no, um, visitation court order, no nothing, but I do get child support for all my children and we all have visitations, but Mm -hmm. we work them out together. Right. Um, Right. There's no courts involved, um, in any of our lives. Um, so, you know, we Chance to keeping the courts out your business. <laughs> right. So I've just <laughs> done that. But so yeah, so there was just this one time where um he was getting her often and she had called me up and she was like basically said to me like she's not able to spend any real time with him because he always has my daughter. Girl, you crazy. You sh- you better you better stop it, Lorraine. You better shut up. You better stop it. You don't know. I- no, Lorraine. <laughs> sis, sis is out of. Okay, okay. Like we had just moved, like within like ten minutes of them, whereas before we were like forty five minutes from them, and she was upset about that. Like she was not happy about the move, and I was like, I don't think this would be a good thing, you know, because we're right. close now, you know, but. She was uncomfortable about the move and it was all during this time. So I don't know if she was really sensitive about all that and stuff. And then, cause we, you know, now she, my daughter is so much closer to her dad. He has better access to her because before you, know, if she had school, she can't be there. He can't be driving 45 minutes and he's trying to get to work. So it just opened up so much access to him that he didn't have before. And, you know, and I pick up and drop off is easier now because, you know, having to drive so an hour each way. Right. So it was happening more often. So she just didn't really want to be a stepmother or she just was not accepting of what this entails, basically. I think so, because she called me up and she was like, yeah, you know, because she had by then they had a child together and she had two two kids before him, too, who he was raising because their dads weren't in their lives. So he was raising her other kids. And she She said she just wanted it to be her and her new family. She didn't want his. I mean, I listen, I. I don't think she may, I don't think she feels like that anymore, but I think she was, whatever she was dealing with, I think that was, I think that was the case. I hate to say it. Like I said, you know, no, not me throwing any shade to her or anything now, because I do believe she's grown a lot. Yes. But back then she definitely had things to deal with and she definitely was not completely comfortable uh, with the whole dynamics. But yes, she told me, so I told her, she said, well, I need my time. And I said, well, I, you know, I'm not the one pushing this visitation schedule on him you know this yeah, is sweet. i'm like sweetheart this is genuinely not my problem not yeah. any of this no and, problem with her being uh, home you no know, doesn't bother me when she's there so yeah i told yeah. her you know we can make it every other weekend it doesn't have to be every weekend now so i made that like literally i'm on the phone with her saying that's her so he calls me the next day and i'm like yeah he should i'll be like i'll be like girl i'm not having this conversation with you uh and then i will call my child's father and say hey, right uh can you check your girl because i don't don't let that happen again that's pretty yeah, odd he was really upset he didn't even know she made that phone call he was yeah really like wait what 
normally <laughs> I excuse you all know normally I excuse stepmom's behaviors but you, not all of us know the right things to do from day one that's why you have um businesses and podcasts like this you know to, to help you with and this kind of I, I wasn't even planning on asking you about this but um what advice would you have for a woman that is non-black that is helping to raise a black child as her stepchild? Because you said your daughter did have some cultural issues that did yeah. cause her issues. So then what, what advice, keen advice would you give to a woman who is responsible for um, helping to raise this kid that she doesn't have the same cultural identity as? I would definitely say to be very careful about some of the things you say in comparisons that you make. Like there was comparisons being made to her children's hair versus my daughter's hair. And it did, you know, like the fact that my daughter's hair was kinky, you know, and her kids' hair were super easy to deal with. I just can't deal with your hair. And, you know, and from a young age, my daughter was like wanting me to straighten her hair and she mm-hmm. had like I got a complex about her hair. And then even, um, you know, when they were having my daughter, like there was times they had my daughter out there looking crazy. Yeah. You know? were, were you guys in different cities? We were, no, we were in the same city, but you know, I would send her over there and sometimes she was there for extended amount of time. So even if you do a hairstyle, it's you know, not going to last so long. And then for a long, for a while, my daughter wasn't able to get, keep braids in her hair because she has alopecia. Ah, okay. Pulling because it will cause they will, she would get bald spots. So okay. the, the, that was one of the um, recommendations. Like you know, she needs to her hair needs to breathe. It can't just be in braids all the time. And I'm, let me just tell y'all something because y'all you all know. I think I did a whole podcast on stepkids doing their hair because my family and I we've had some major problems when it comes to hair I know how to do hair I've been doing hair since I was a kid so you know I have two stepdaughters so hair is nothing like not a big deal to me my you know I wear natural hair I wear wigs I wear weaves all that good stuff um not everybody knows how to do hair and culturally speaking our hair is extremely different my hair is different from a latino woman a caucasian woman an asian woman or man like our hair is simply just different their hair is very very similar though all those previous groups that i named because they have most of them have naturally straight hair our hair is what can be defined and i'm not offended by the word kinky by the way mm-hmm. our hair is kinky and yes. it's different. Uh, that's very different if you are not accustomed to dealing with that type of hair. But they have YouTube tutorials now. I'm sure they didn't have them when your daughter was coming up. And she was probably too young. And then your daughter has alopecia, which is even more difficult. So for the listeners, my question for you is, why didn't you just go over and do her hair when it was messed up or when it was time for it to be redone so that stepmom wouldn't even have to touch it? Well, let me give points. That's what I was about to say. Okay, give us some points. I agree. Because I, I believe in people growing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I said, even though I'm talking about some of the negative things, I think that she did grow through a lot of things. Yes. Because you know what she ended up doing? What? A friend who was a black hairdresser. And she started taking my daughter to that black hairdresser. Right. After the conversation was had and everything, she started doing that. So I okay. think that, that was really good on her part. And I had no problem with it because I'm not, you know what I mean? It was yeah. the knew how to do my daughter's hair and she would do that. And, you know, and, and a lot of times I would send my daughter with braids anyway, when the time, you know, tried to do it off and on, but at times that she didn't, you know, that was her thing. And she enjoyed that. That was something that she wanted to do. And, and once, you know, that began happening, I saw that, okay, she's trying to 
you know, right some of those wrongs. Yes, she's trying. People, and that would be like, that's advice that I would want to give. I believe in giving people a chance to grow. I really do. And that's why I said, you know how I said, like some of the things I went through, if it was someone else, it would be over. They would, yeah. they would <laughs> it would have been done. It would have been done. It's so much stuff. Like, I'm just I, like, we don't have enough time in the show for me to tell you how much stuff happened with yeah. that situation. And and that's some of the things I told you is just literally low ball. <laughs> like it's right. so it was out of negativity. And, um, but my, I'm a, I come from a back, my dad's a, my dad's a pastor, my dad's a bishop. And I came from a, my dad came from a ministry of reconciliation, not condemnation. Like he's mm. all that he's all yes. about reconciliation. And I grew up with that mantra and, you know what I mean? So that's in me. That's who I am. I want to reconcile with people. I want to give them a chance to grow and be better. Right. And so, you know, and, and I don't believe that you have to reconcile with somebody who doesn't want to be better. There's some people who are just toxic and they're going to stay toxic and they're always going to be toxic. You better you tell it. Able to reconcile with them. And that's okay because it is not your job to reconcile with a toxic person who's choosing to stay toxic. Mm-hmm. So that's not my advice. I'm not saying in any way, to try to reconcile with somebody who's going to put you through, you know, hell forever. <laughs> and you if, that, that's right. not my- if they are still violent and yeah. vengeful. And if she is saying toxic, it is not your job to continue to be a punching bag. This is where you get to set some boundaries. Exactly. But on but, the other hand, on the other hand, right. Mm-hmm. I have been in a lot seen a lot of conversations, like even on, you know, the sites of yours that I love. Yeah. Where I see that women step parents is it's usually the step parent yeah maybe mend after like years of being toxic and i understand that you know the trust is gone but i will tell like you know people who are involved in blended families if they're give people room see give them room to at least see if there's a change if there isn't, then, you know, yeah, keep your guard up through it while you're trying to figure it out. And I'm not saying just go in and set yourself and make yourself up, you know, set yourself up for, you know, to be into a crazy situation. Right. If you're in a blended situation and there are kids involved and there is a chance to put them into a healthy situation, like I, I say, don't just be so quick to just shut the door because I think a lot of people have problems with that. And some people do grow, especially if that stuff started at a young age. People are more, you know, they're more, you know, drama filled when they're younger. They're more um, spontaneous and they they don't have impulse control. And then as we get older, we look back at some of the things we did and we say, oh, my God, I can't believe I've done that. And so I think that we do need to give people chances to grow and see if your situation can get better. If it can, it can't. And you don't have to be a punching bag like Naja said. But if it can you know, take that opportunity, especially with parents, between parents that are in toxic situations with each other, you know, because I always had smooth situations, especially me and my ex-husband. Like, you know, we, me and him are probably out of all of my um, exes, we have the, the, probably the most difficult relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the determination of wanting to get past things and remember and focus on our son that we make it out of tough moments. Mm. You know what I mean? And I can name a thousand and one reasons why I can make every excuse to say, I'm just going to make this the most difficult situation for him ever. Right. Do that because of my son. Right. Cause you know, I guess if it's hard for him, that means essentially it's hard for you too. Cause it, it, it takes some effort to be hellish. 
and keep up mess. It takes effort. But some people, some people just got it naturally. But for those of us that are just genuinely good people, it's kind of hard to be an asshole. I'll tell you something my brother told me. And I won't tell you when he told it to me. He was was giving me advice on a a move I was about to make in my life. And Uh trying to decide if I was going to make it or not. And he said this to me, and this was so profound and it really stuck with me. And I I say this to people all the time now when I'm talking to them about situations. He said, there's two types of people in this world, Lorraine, two types of people. He said, there's good people who do bad things and there's bad people who do good things. He said, it is so important to understand the difference. He said, because one is redeemable and one is not. Mm. So if you really, really think about that saying, what he's saying is there's good people who good who do bad things. In other words, there's people who are good to their core, but even they mess up and they make mistakes and they have to grow. And that person is redeemable because, you know, these things, is, these mistakes and these things that they do in life, that's not going to define who they are forever because right. these, are, these are just learning curves to them getting to who they're meant to be, to their destiny, to whatever. But then you have people who are just bad people and they do good things. And what that means is you ever hear people when they talk about relationships and yes. on to the good times, but there's so many bad times and they outweigh the good. Yeah. They outweigh the good, but they hold on to them for the good moments. They're waiting from one stage to the next to get to back to that good moment. You know what I mean? They're craving something that is just so it, few and far between. It's not exactly. going to happen. Exactly. And if you don't understand that difference, then you're always going to keep turning around in that toxic situation. And it's the same thing with co-parenting and things like that as well. You have to know, like, if someone's just toxic, you might have to co-parent from a, from a different, from a different level. You know, you have to co-parent it just about the kids and keeping, you know, your communication is, is, is minimal as possible. And because you don't want to bring that negativity and keep it in your life. Mm. I mean, so that's one thing that I would say, like, definitely understand who it is that you're dealing with and decide how you're going to move on or, or move in that relationship with that person based off of that. And accept it too. You know, one thing that I see a lot of people, and I, I think, especially men, I think, I don't think the male ego will allow some of them to accept the fact that they have a co-parent that they can't control because men y'all like to be in control and you like to think that you can control the woman's temperament by letting her run over you or being super nice or just ignoring you you know it's a man control thing and there's so many guys that just cannot will not accept the fact that your co-parent will continue to be this way Maybe they don't respect you. Maybe they still, you know, everybody want to believe their ex still wants them. But, you know, like you said, just changing. And you, and stop calling y'all's co-parents co-parents. You have a parallel parent. You have a counter parent. This person ain't doing nothing co with you. Everything is against you. It is not for the betterment of the child. So you got to first start changing the language too, Lorraine. You know, they, they got to start changing the language a little bit. These, these words have power. See them for what they are. That way you can get out of your little feelings and accept, all right, I don't have a co-parent. I have somebody that I have kids with. We, we share kids <laughs> and literally that is it. We're not friends, nor will we ever be. It's unfortunate, but it's not because of me, it's because of them. Right, right. And that and that, that's sometimes something that for me I've struggled with. And and it, it just, everything you said just now was so on point. Like even what you said about the male's ego and how they think that they can control yeah. The laugh when you said that, because I'm like, that is so true. It is mm. so hard for them 
to really understand. I don't think they even understand the depths of when they're dealing with someone who's toxic. I don't think they understand. I don't either. I I don't. They don't do it before they get them pregnant. They don't do it while they're with them. And they don't do it when they're after after the fact. And I think part of the reason why we understand it on another level too, when it comes to another woman is because we're women and we understand the, listen, we understand how conniving a woman's mind can be, but we don't practice it within our own mind because we are, see, we're all capable of it. It's the fact that it's our values and our morals that keep us from those things. But women have something inside of the man and we know this. And so that's why we recognize these behaviors, just certain things that they might do that they might be like, what? I don't think there's, I don't think they meant that. And we know she doesn't want me. She's not trying to hurt me. I'm like, are you dumb? Are you blind? Can you not see? Are you crazy? Right. Like, trust me, I know. We know. We know what that, we know what the little, you know, the little um, dig that they were trying to put in right there. Or we know because we are women, you know? I like what you said, though. You said that we're all capable of it, but there are some of us that are led with a higher moral compass. Yes, I said higher. That means better. Moral (laughs) compass than some of the women that choose to go low or that just reside in that low land, mm-hmm. you know, but that, like you said, we got it in us, but we just, we choose not to use our power for evil. Yes. And fellas, y'all need to understand that the world would be a much better place. Lorraine. I feel if women ran it because men, y'all are pretty much ran this thing into the ground. We need a whole new planet now messing with y'all. Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We need, we need, we need a world with women. Okay. <laughs> so tell us about your books, Lorraine. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Cause we're going to close out here, folks. I could literally, this could have been five different podcasts in one, by the way. Like I, I totally see that. So, but tell us about your books and, and your other endeavors outside of raising your nine step kids. <laughs> what else you got going on? So I am an author and actually, and I actually write with my husband. So we have a, fantasy series that we um, have together called Pocketbook Diaries. There's wow. been two books released out of the series already. Um, and that's available everywhere, literally everywhere. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. You can get it at the store. You can get it online everywhere. Um, so we have those two things. And then also um, I have a children's series, which is called TJ's Lessons. And that was started years ago. It's, it's my son, TJ was the inspiration of that. And it's just teaching important lessons that, you know, um, children learn throughout their childhood and the younger years. And each, each book has an important moral in it. And so I have three books that are out from that series. And yes. um, yep, okay, so, yes. books so far, and I'm still going. <laughs> so tell everybody how to find you on social media. Where do we need to go to get the hookup with you and to buy all your stuff and to support you? So definitely you want to go to my website, which is lcrogersbooks.com. And that's books with an S. It's L-C-R-O-G-E-R-S books, B-O-O-K-S.com. lcrogersbooks.com. You I'm going to say it one more time. L.C. Rogers Books. L.C. Rogers Books. You all, as a matter of fact, go there right now. Um, and what's your Instagram? Again, give them that as well, because I want them to go. Guys, right now, I want you to stop what you're doing. Go to her Instagram. Leave her a thumbs up. Tell her you heard her here on I Know I'm Crazy, or just leave I-K-I-C so she can know that, you know, that we support our peeps that come on here and talk to us. Where's, what's your Instagram? 
Instagram is also l.c.rogers. So l.c.rogers. And you put that in and it'll pull me up on Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. Lorraine, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I enjoyed myself so much. And guys, if you enjoyed Lorraine, I want you to make sure you go on her socials and show some love. Blow her up. Leave her some heart emojis. Let her know you heard her here. And I will talk to you guys Tuesday after next. I know I'm crazy with Naja Hall on your favorite streaming platforms every other Tuesday. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Naja Hall.